on a conference championship Sunday morning in Las Vegas. I'm Brian Feldman, and this is Out of Line. We are uh, live here in the RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank, Fox Sports Studio, uh, every Sunday morning at 8 on Fox Sports Radio, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM, flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, and sister station of Raiders Nation Radio and ESPN Radio Las Vegas. However, uh, once again, uh, we are live, and uh, we have our right next to me here to the right on your radio dial is our social media director, Spencer The Wiz Ostrovsky. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. And back after a one-week hiatus, producer Chris Magnum Chapman, who aside from producing and being part of several shows at Lotus Broadcasting, Mags also serves as the locker room reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights radio network and just took a trip out east for a couple of uh, Vegas Golden Knights road games. We'll talk to him about that in a minute. We are also streaming on the LV Sports Network, and you can watch the show on Facebook Live and Twitch. The page is called... Out of line, that's O-U-T-T-A-L-I-N-E. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Out of Line Fox LV. And since we are live, your calls and questions are welcome. The Fox Sports RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank Studio Line, is 702-876-1340. Hi, this is Bubby, and it's time for What's on Tap. What's on Tap, brought to you by title sponsor, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank. Whether purchasing a new home or refinancing the home you already own, RCG Home Loans, powered by Luminate Bank in 48 states, is the company to turn to for all of your home financing needs. To get information or to get your questions answered regarding anything mortgage or real estate related, contact the pros at RCG Home Loans today, powered by Luminate Bank. On tap, man, what a show we've got Today, I'm looking extremely forward to this. Uh, first of all, of course, the Vegas Golden Knights. They've been pretty hot on the road. The Detroit Red Wings cooled them off last night. We'll talk about that in Detroit. Also, um, people are very opinionated right now on UNLV basketball. What's going on with Kevin Kruger? What's the future hold? Well, they put on a double-digit display last night in San Jose and beat San Jose State. Is that going to be enough? Well, I don't think he's going to get canned uh, in the middle of the season, but, hey, we'll talk about that coming up in a few minutes as well. As I mentioned, AFC, NFC Championship games going on today starting at noon with Kansas City against Baltimore, and then at 3 o'clock this afternoon, 3.30 this afternoon, it is the Detroit Lions at the San Francisco 49ers. No, people, you don't have to clean out your ears. Yes, the Detroit Lions are in the NFC Championship game, and I'm blown away about that. But, uh, hey, we are going to be joined by a former quarterback of the Detroit Lions. As a matter of fact, up until this year, the only quarterback that had ever led them to a playoff game and to the one other NFC Championship appearance, Eric Kramer, will be joining the show today, and I'm looking real forward to that. It's the second time we've had Eric Kramer on the show. Eric, of course, an author of a, a book that we are going to talk about, and we are going to give away a personalized autograph copy of that book in just a little while here on the show. Eric will be joining us at the bottom of the hour and uh, will join us for most of the rest of the show after that. So looking really forward to that as well. We also have, of course, uh, our picks segment coming up at the end of the show. And hey, you know, they say the cream rises to the top. Well, our prognosticator has punched a pretty good nose in front and he can win it before the Super Bowl today. That is the scooper who's a game and a half up on me, uh, two games up on on Mags and uh, Spencer's not in the running this year, but uh, we'll see man we got to go undefeated the last two weeks so we'll talk about that in a minute guys we're going to stay on pace today believe it or not so spencer jump right into it and uh get into the nightcap hockey players as you know are warriors they don't give up they come to play every game it's time for Nightcap, a cup full of the Vegas Golden Knights from highlights to interviews to special events the puck starts here well, the puck uh, 
started in Detroit last night. A lot of things, uh, Detroit and uh, the Red, maybe the Red Wings, they're just following suit the way they've been playing lately. Detroit's so pumped up about the Lions, they're quietly having themselves the best month they've had in like five years, Chris. And uh, this Red Wings team is a team that I think, uh, led by Dylan Larkin, who's been playing great hockey this year. Two more goals last night, closed out the scoring with an empty netter, actually bookended the scoring, scored the first goal and then the last goal. Um, two more to add to his total. I think 11 game point streak for that kid right now. David Perron plays there. And the Red Wings went in on a little bit of a high themselves, man. They played well on the road in New York and um, lost a game in New Jersey to your Devils, but they played pretty well on this road trip. They've been playing well as of late, and of course they got Aiden Hill back on the road trip. Uh, he gets back-to-back -back wins. They bring Logan Thompson in, and Logan Thompson bookends their last two losses. Uh, we'll talk about that, but starting off, Chris, this win in Detroit, or I should say for the Detroit Red Wings yesterday, this is a different Red Wings team now, and I think they've got the goaltender they've been looking for in place, and this is a team that I think is going to make the playoffs this year, and not a team that anybody wants to overlook right now well yeah they're they're, they're playing well and certainly uh, they displayed that yesterday I think I think for the Golden Knights you know it's it's the fourth game of a road trip you're going back to back you're traveling from New York after being settled there for a week and you travel very late uh, at night from New York to Madison Square Garden they pushed the start time back till eight o'clock local time which was a little strange uh, but I think you know, they, they got out to that early lead, and it was really tough for Vegas to get back into it. I thought Alex Lyon played really well for for the Red Wings. And, uh, look, I mean, they're a good team. They've got they've got some really good players. You talked about Dylan Larkin, but, um, you know, Lucas Raymond is, yeah. is really good. And, and um, they, they've just got some really good players in place. Um, I think good young players is is probably where, where you want to look um, – I like I like Larkin, uh, but look, I mean they 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 had what was his name scored two goals. Andrew Kopp yeah, had had a couple Cop, goals Cop's for them playing real well last night, uh, and he's a guy who who's got some some history in the playoffs yeah. and he's done well. Uh, but look, Larkin scored his two hundredth career goal last yeah. night in in that game, and as you mentioned, the the goalie that they've got in place, you know they they they've got you know some some other good players. On that team. But Lyon I mean, finally seems to have shored up that position for him and given them a clear-cut number one, at least right now. As again, this is the best month they've had, Chris, in five years. This team right now, in their last 12 games, 9-2-1. and one. They have eight double-digit scores, Chris. I don't remember the last time the Detroit Red Wings had eight double-digit scores in a season, let alone in January. Yeah, and then I think the additions of DeBrinkit and, of course, uh, Patrick Kane have, have really helped. You've got an anchor in Moritz Sider on the back end. I mean, look, they're they're a good team, I think. And our on, boy David Perron, on, a, yeah. a recent Stanley Cup champion a couple years ago. Still some gas left in that guy's tank. Yeah, unfortunately for them, they play in a really tough division. Yeah. Um, the East, I mean, not to say that, th that there's no – the NHL, there's so much parity – in the league that I think no matter what division you're in, you're, you're in a dogfight all year, unless you're one of these elite teams like the Bruins or uh, the, the Golden Knights. I mean, right now the Canucks with 71 points. I mean, I don't, I don't think too many people, they just so, don't slow down. No, they just no. continue to play well week after week, and that's a problem. This is a really good hockey team. Well, and and I I would put the Edmonton Oilers in that category as we'll an elite team as well. See them when they come back from the All Star. Break. Yeah, I mean they've won sixteen games in a row. Sixteen games in a row. Yeah. Um, you know it's 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 an interesting because you look at the division that the Red Wings are in and. They're not too far behind. They're only a point behind the Maple Leafs, but the Maple Leafs have two games in hand. But they're only two points behind the Lightning yeah. for third place. So they're right there. I mean, I, I I think if the playoffs started today, they are in the playoffs. In fact, they I, I can confirm that they would be in the playoffs if it started today. Uh, look, you're going to come back after the All-Star game. You're going to have 30-something 30, 30 games to go. It's the final stretch, and... I think we'll see. I, I think the Red Wings are going to be there. I, I, I'm not sure if they'll overtake the Lightning or the Maple Leafs, but 
I don't see anyone behind them catching them. I don't think Buffalo or Montreal no, think, or Ottawa Chris, is going to catch them. I think this them. is a team now that believes they've got some veteran players in place. You got to like a guy like Dylan Larkin is your captain, who's a natural leader, a guy that puts the puck in the net, a guy that can set you up. And this team right now, I like, and I haven't said that about the Red Wings in a long time. I think they break they break their eight year playoff drought and are back in the postseason. It's amazing year. that it's been that long. I know because I mean, they, cr- they, well, they made it for like twenty five. They had the years. longest playoff run in the history of sports yeah. and then uh and then this but i like what i'm seeing right now i think this is a good team as far as the vegas golden knights go uh we'll wrap this up by saying i don't think there are going to be worries this team has had a lot of injury hours again uh, and man hours missed this year now now with jack eichel on the shelf and you guys guys got stepping up like rempel two goals in a row they were trying to get three goals in a row uh three games in a row with a goal if he would have scored against the wings but nice to see um a matty comes back after missing five games you know sad to see Pavel Dorofiev has been playing so well go down in the New York game uh bad bad hit there but um Jonathan Marceau on fire again 25 goals this season he's looking to eclipse his career high he scored 30 twice I think he breaks it this year Marchie's just been on a roll and uh you know the Red Wings took one on the chin yesterday from a real hot Detroit team now they get the 10-day break for the all-star break they come back a week from Tuesday and they play that red hot the hottest team in hockey in the Edmonton Oilers, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. Hell of a game. We'll all be there checking that out. But don't worry about the Vegas Golden Knights. The big question, I think we'll talk more about this next week, and that is the net minding for the Vegas Golden Knights. We saw Aiden Hill come back. He wins the two starts he gets. And again, bookended by Logan Thompson um, losses. Is Aiden Hill cementing himself maybe as the number one goaltender of the Vegas Golden Knights team? Logan Thompson makes some quality saves. He has definitely proved he can play and play very well at this level. But after what Aiden Hill did last year in the postseason on his run to the Stanley Cup championship goalie, uh, I just don't know that maybe now they're going to start leaning on him a little bit more as the season goes on. We'll see, and again, we'll talk more about that last week. Real quickly, in honor of a great friend of all of ours here, longtime employee at Lotus Broadcasting, celebrated birthday not too long ago, a heavenly birthday, Frank Harnish, and I just want to say that because I'm going to mention the Australian Open on his behalf because he was a huge tennis guy, and something unique happened in the Australian Open this morning. Maybe not unique, but uh, Yannick center we're seeing a changing the guards this kid is really good one of the greatest comeback wins in Australian Open history he loses the first sex to Medvedev 6-3-6-3 comes back wins the next two sets 6-4-6-4 and then wins the decisive fifth set 6-3 Sinner is only the eighth man to overcome an 0-2 deficit to win a major title in the open air and um, he was with uh, Medvedev was within six points of a straight set win when uh, Yannick Sinner made his comeback. And again, going out to Frank Harnish, that one's for you, man. Congratulations to his first ever career uh, t- slam title to a uh, Yannick Sinner. Young kid, um, a Swede, and this, or excuse me, an Italian. And I'll tell you what, man, you should have seen how much and how humble this kid was at the end of it. I watched it this morning. Hats off to him. Let's move on real quick. Let's let's jump right into uh, our next segment, guys, uh, and that's UNLV. I want to bring Chris Wynn on with us right now. Uh, Chris, first of all, happy to talk to you man uh fresh back from detroit i know you could have been you wish you would have been there but in my heart you were there brother i know how much you were loving it just as much as i was it was so cool to be down there we'll talk about that in a second i want to talk about this unlv basketball team for a minute chris first and foremost i haven't seen a lot of games i had planned to go to the air force game tuesday night i'm almost glad i didn't i wasn't i was a little bit under the weather you can still hear (laughs) my voice but um when i saw a 98 excuse me a 90 to 58 loss to Air Force, immediately the first thing I pictured in my head was a guillotine for uh, for Coach Kevin Kruger. Great to join you again, Brian, as well, too, and you guys on the out-of-line team on Championship Sunday. No question about it, Brian. It's going to be a special day today, but uh, no question about it. Look, this is a UNLV run a Rebel basketball team that was up against it uh, at halftime in this matchup against the Spartans of San Jose. Uh, they were I mean, with, uh, with San Jose taking a a seven-point lead going into halftime. This, of course, coming off of a UNLV uh, game against Air Force that was just absolutely beyond putrid. So uh, to see them come out in the second half and uh, be able to uh, basically uh, double them up in the second half and outscore them in the 40s over the 20s in that uh, second half. Obviously, Keelan Boone, a big-time game in this one, along with DJ Thomas. 
both combining for over 30 points in this game. And, of course, off the bench, Jackie Johnson, a guy that was a, basically a no-show in that matchup against the Falcons on Tuesday night, was outstanding in the matchup yesterday. Shoots five of six in the field and ends up being a huge key to UNLV being able to uh, to pull away in that double-digit victory against San Jose State. So kind of a, a one of those, you know, put-your-fingers-in-the-dam type games, Brian and Mags and Wiz and guys. But I'll tell you, uh, uh, it still is not uh, not not a good situation with UNLV running Rebel basketball right now. Yes, they are a team that's sitting at 10-9 and nine right now and uh, kind of wallowing in, in the midst of uh, the middle of the conference. But uh, there's some serious questions that are being asked and maybe some uh, some big decisions that would be made when it comes to all things UNLV hoops. Yeah, you know, that's that's the thing, Chris, going forward. You know, we keep going back and forth on this team. I mean, I think a little bit unfairly judged them at the beginning of the season. We saw them play Southern simply because they were missing the Boone brothers. And we know what a dif- what difference makers those guys are now. So really an incomplete team at the beginning of the season. But then again, uh, they had the Boone brothers against Air Force the other night. Chris, I don't understand how, with the as well as this team has played in a couple of games, we see that we saw them beat a ranked Creighton team. We saw them play really well against a New Mexico team here that people feel could be a ranked team this year. They played, they beat Boise State on the road. I mean, how can you be this inconsistent? Because a 90 to 50 out, 58 blowout at home to Matt, not even a mediocre Air Force team, a subpar Air Force team. Chris, that's inexcusable, man. How does that happen? Yeah, see, that's what's so kind of extraordinary and strange, right, considering the situation. They have games where they show out, right? They have games where they show you the promise. They show you that, hey, we get, we're we bringing in some big-time recruits now, some recruits that, that even some, you know, top-tier power conference teams want to have, and maybe it's a mix that's going to be good for this program. And yet, then again, what do we see? I mean, look, you and I, Brian – are Detroit Lions fans. And what was said before this season was, you know, same old Detroit Lions, you know, from a, from a mentality standpoint, from an organization standpoint, where you get kind of a feel of that when it comes to UNLV running Rebel basketball on the men's side, right? You and I, along with Mags, have, have either covered or been around this team for a long time. We understand what kind of, you know, the expectations are, you know, where, where this program sits right now. And so it is kind of, you know, disheartening is the word I'm going to use at times, even as someone who's a media member that covers this team, uh, to, th- to, under- to think that, you know, what could be for this, for this program, what should be for this program, right? Where they should be when it comes to the perspective of the Mountain West Conference. And to see them, uh, you know, be able to, to play well in certain, certain matchups and, and to give running Rebel fans a glimpse of what they could get and then to see what transpires on Tuesday night against the likes of Air Force, and then you know, uh, you know, be kind of you know nip and tuck, you know, at around halftime of this matchup against San Jose State, which is let's be quite honest, it's you know one of the you know middle of the road, if not one of the bottom teams in the Mountain West. Uh, it's got to be tough. It's got to be tough. So look, uh, Harp has had some difficult decisions as an athletic director, and he's made some quality decisions as athletic director at UNLV. Uh, the next one is going to be the head coaching position with the running rebels. Look, uh, all due respect to Kevin. Uh, and he comes from a great family. He's a great guy. Uh, you know, obviously his father, one of the best college basketball coaches in history, but uh, to say that Kevin Kruger has met adversity here at UNLV would be, would be an understatement. And I think that there's definitely going to be a decision with respect to his future coming up sooner than later when it comes to all things UNLV basketball. Yeah, I agree, Chris. And I think, you know, I, I, I said it earlier. Matter of fact, I in our little texting group today, I, met, I said early this morning, I saw a text of one of our friends saying to me, what do you, you know, NIT? No, my, my, what I simply said and what I do right. believe is that in order for Kevin Kruger to retain the head coaching position as the UNLV men's basketball coach, he is going to have to get to the NIT tournament and win a game. That would be my minimum requirement for Eric Harper to keep him around. That's what I'm guessing is my minimum requirement. What do you say, Chris? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about that. There, there has to be some type of victory in a postseason situation, right? Obviously, I'm referring to the, the, uh, the remote possibility at this point that they could be an NCAA tournament team, right? That they could end up getting to the big dance. Well, I think they could get course, to the United big team. dance. But, but, but what's crazy, right, Brian? Feldman, what's crazy, right? 
this is a program that hasn't been to either one of those for a long time, you yeah. know? So like we're trying, we're trying to, it's almost like we're trying to put a square peg in a round hole here when it comes to all things UNLV basketball and have, you know, a, a viewpoint that, you know, oh yeah, well, I, I, I could see a scenario where the, you know, the NIT comes calling, you know, they finish out the season, uh, you know, win a few, they're yeah. good. Bottom line is this also, Brian, they're going to have to win a couple games they're not expected to win. Oh, there's the no, the no, no. And that's, that's the bottom, when that's I was bottom saying, line. When I was saying I could see if they somehow caught lightning in a bottle and made the NCAA tournament, they wouldn't have to win a game in the NCAA tournament. They'd just have to get there. But with right. the NIT, you're going to have to get there and win a game. I don't think either scenario is going to happen at this point, See, win I just think that this team, um, not that they're in disarray by any means, and, and not that, you know, uh, you know I don't want to say Kevin Kruger is or isn't in over his head. I just want to say I don't think this team is going to be able to gel enough to win the amount of games that it's going to be necessary to make a postseason bid. I think if they're very, very lucky, they could end up maybe as the fifth seed so they don't have to play in a play-in game in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. But to me, that's kind of the ceiling of this team. Anything above a fifth seed, I would th- would say exceeds my expectations at this point based on the body of work uh, Chris, you know, going forward again. He is Chris Wynn. I'm Brian Feldman. This is Out of Line. Also joined by Spencer the Wiz Ostrowski, Chris Magnum Chapman. And, you know, we're going to leave UNLV behind. Uh, UNLV has a couple of games this week. Uh, they're back at the Thomas and Mack Center. Two games. Fresno State, not going to be easy, but winnable. And I think Wyoming is also a winnable game. But both those games could also be losses. Again, this Tuesday and this Saturday, respectively, at the Thomas and Mack Center. Let's jump right over, Chris because I want to give you a moment in your shine before we bring Eric Kramer on to talk about the championship games, the Detroit Lions. Real quickly, we'll assess and break down the first game, which is Baltimore versus Kansas City. Baltimore Ravens, the number one seed in the NFL. Most people feel that they are, I don't want to say that they are a juggernaut, but based on the 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 play of both their offense and defense, and uh, this team really is a well-rounded football team. Lamar Jackson playing at an elite level, and it Again, there are times that he looks like a man among boys out there. He is completely unstoppable at times. I mean, there's no way to really contain this guy. You know, you have to control the game, and the way you control the game is stay on offense for as long as you can. But then again, that's really hard to do because Baltimore's defense is absolutely no slouch whatsoever, and it starts with Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton. That defense is ridiculous. But then again, Patrick Mahomes, um, the second, has now won five consecutive postseason games, including the Super Bowl last year, and has not thrown a single interception in any one of them. What happens in this matchup, C-Win? Yeah, intriguing matchup is all get-out, right, when you think of this Baltimore-Kansas City matchup. Now, look, the Ravens, let's be extremely clear, right, Brian? This is not the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense that we're talking about here, but it is still damn good, okay, when you're talking about the squad. So, Obviously, when uh, you see what they've been able to do and kind of flex their muscles, not only in the postseason, but throughout the, uh, the back end of the regular season for Baltimore, it is a tough task for the Kansas City Chiefs to go in there and do that. The, the problem is, uh, and when it comes to myself and a, and a betting standpoint on this game, is it's Pat Mahomes and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're talking about a pedigree. You're talking about the best quarterback in football. And you're talking about a team that went into Buffalo and, and stunned a lot of people, uh, NFL fans and experts aplenty, when it came to getting that win against the Bills last week. So while I want to sit back and I want to say, hey, you know, uh, it's not so, not so easy to pick, pick against the likes of Kansas City and the Chiefs, I still think it is uh, Baltimore's year when it comes to the AFC. And I think that, uh, that Lamar Jackson is going to be solid. And I think he's going to be a monster key, uh, along with uh, some of those pieces on offense, for them to get to the big game. Now, of course, moving on to the next one, of course, right, Brian? And uh, I'm pumped as all get out that you have uh, Eric Kramer coming on the show. Uh, we as Lions fans have been waiting decades for this matchup to, uh, to take place. Of course, in San Francisco, uh, both you and I were much younger bucks Mags, much younger buck, as well as Wiz as well, too. Uh, last time Detroit was in the NFC Championship game. Now, that was a game against the Washington Redskins, a team that was expected to win the Super Bowl that year. They were the best team in football that year. And so it was almost a foregone conclusion. Not the case in this matchup here today. Uh, the Detroit Lions are a team that is coming with weapons. You want to talk about a team that uh, is explosive both on the ground and through the air? Jared Goff has been more than just a serviceable quarterback. 
He's been somebody that's been spectacular for Detroit. So uh, me, I'm, uh, I mean, I can't contain my excitement for what's about to transpire here. And yes, uh, I did. I, I'm a little, little jealous of Brian Feldman. He got a chance to, to soak up that atmosphere that was Motown the last couple of weeks on the playoff run, but uh, still very proud as a Lions fan to see uh, where the, where the organization has gone. Uh, you know, I, it's been tremendous with Sheila, Sheila Hemp has been able to do uh, with that, with that program. And of course, Dan Campbell as the head coach. So uh, I'm giving the Lions a pretty good chance today, Brian, to take out San Francisco in this tilt. I'm going to tell him to give my prediction a little bit later on. And Chris, really, really good stuff. He is C. Wynn, known as Chris Wynn. You hear him all over town. I call him Waldo because you never know where he's going to be. Will he be with Ken Thompson, X Radio? Will he be with Shapiro on uh, on uh, KSHP? He's all over the board. And, of course, he's here on our show, Tim Unglesby's show. He waves sports a lot on Fox. We appreciate you, Chris Wynn, always. Nice breakdown. And uh, I'll say it on the show. I can be partisan on the show. Go Lions! <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a great Sunday. I got my Honolulu blue and silver on, baby. Let's let's get Detroit to the let's get Detroit to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Wow. Let's do it. He see win. Um, our belief in each other pretty significantly. And, um, yeah, you think about the dark times there early on in 2021. A lot of people calling for his head. A lot of people in this room calling for his head. Um, and you know, it's it's pretty good to be able to sit up here and be able to play an NFC championship. And um, yeah, it's, it feels good. Facts this. If you don't like the facts, take your ass back to bed. Fact this. It is a fact that, uh, first of all, let me, let me tell you that fact this, I should say, is brought to you by Lifelike Hair Center of Las Vegas. If you are experiencing hair loss or thinning hair and want to learn about the best non surgical options available call 702-737-5759 or go to lifelikehair.com and schedule your free consultation today it is a fact today in san francisco the detroit lions will play in the nfc championship game don't clear your ears out it's true this is their first time playing in the nfc championship game in 32 years and only their second appearance in the NFC title game in NFL history. It is also a fact that up until this season, the Lions were considered the worst and most inept major professional sports franchise in the world, bar none. As I said, today is the second time they will play in the NFC Championship game. Joining us is the man that started at quarterback in that game a little more than 30 two years ago, and author of his recently published book, The Ultimate Comeback, Eric Kramer. Welcome to Out of Line. It is a pleasure to have you back on the show, my friend. Great to be here, Brian. Great buildup. Appreciate it. Oh, well, you deserve all that buildup. Uh, Eric, again, great having you on the show years ago, working for the Detroit Lions and networking before that. And we blew this up on the other show when I left a little note in your locker after the Dallas game, uh, thinking you should you should uh, guarantee victory for Washington. Thank God you tore up that note and thought it was one of your teammates messing with you and didn't use it, Eric. Uh, but I appreciate you. You know, last time we had you on the show, I don't think you even had an idea that you were going to put what had happened to you and your life experience into words and into a book, and you've done it. And uh, I have not read the book. I know you just sent me a copy, and I'm greatly appreciative of that. But, um, man, from what I read and the reviews of this book, and as a matter of fact, if I can pull it up, I'm going to try to see if I can pull up uh, some of the reviews because they are exceptional. Eric Kramer has come out the other side with with a purpose and a story that can help thousands. That was by Peter King, three-time National Sports Media Association Sportsman of the Year. I'm proud to see what Eric's doing with his second chance at life. This book will help a lot of people. Uh, that was Barry Sanders, who uh, was one of Eric's teammates. I'm, a, I'm in awe of Eric's vulnerability, sharing his story with the world and turning his pain into purpose. So many will read these words and find courage. And that was Laura Oakman, um, NFL Fox sideline reporter. And as men, we don't often talk about our mental health. Eric has reminded us that seek Seeking help is not a sign of weakness, but an act of strength. And that, of course, former NFL quarterback and former teammate Rodney Pete. Eric, those are on the back of the book, just a couple of many accolades of this book. What prompted you to go ahead and do this? Well, I think it was a story that needed to be told and just happened to be mine. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of um, 
sort of what would you say? So pe- a lot of people right, just see somebody, I guess me in this case, living out a dream and all they see is the uniform. And there's a lot that goes on in a person's life um, beyond beyond or I guess underneath that uniform. And so even while I was playing, I dealt with depression at times um, and, of course, had some tragic family events that happened after playing uh, when I was right in the middle of life doing broadcasting. And um, so I think this could uh, certainly the way things unfolded, uh, the feedback I've get, I've received so far is that uh, whether it be former players, teammates of mine, or people that have known me my whole life, or people that have never known me a second, that this seems to speak to quite a few folks because there's more in there than just, you mentioned a suicide attempt in the book, and it's true, I did attempt suicide. And fortunately, was unsuccessful with that. Um, but the book goes into a lot of the the relationship I had with both of my parents and how that evolved over time. And obviously with both of my sons and, um, and just, I think it gives a lot of perspective to what goes on. Um, it's not a football book. I haven't played football, but it's not a book about football at all. No, that's what I've heard, Eric, you know, talk about when did you realize that the depression was getting insurmountable inside you, or did you not realize it? Oh yeah, you, it's inescapable. So um, uh, it's not. I, I can't correlate it with sadness at all, um, because I had a son at 18 years of age, yeah. Dylan I'm Griffin, um, who died. Uh, that was a a surreal day. Um, receiving a phone call, and then showing up to the police station, and having a policeman tell me Griffin had passed away. Did you make it through the night? And so then uh, having later, my son, Dylan, the younger son, had been sleeping over a friend's house that night. And I had to call Dave, the dad, and please hang on. Here's what happened. Please hang on to Griffin for a few more minutes so I can get home and kind of get myself together. And sitting in the chairs that we sat in, um, I mean, that was the worst day of my life and it wasn't just a day. It didn't go away tomorrow and the next day and the next, it's a period of time, but the sadness there didn't equate to depression and, uh, depression is a whole different animal and, uh, there's really no way to mistake it. And it's something that you, it's more like a fog uh, and a darkness that you really can't see out of it, it, it prevents you really from any perspective of your life. There's no more aerial view of your life. And like there is normally that's gone. And so it kind of draws you inward. So it doesn't feel good to speak to anybody yet. You feel incredibly alone and it would seem to feel better with people around. It doesn't. And you don't want to make eye contact with people because that would invite a conversation, which you don't want to have. Yet you're lonely. And and so it, it doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Uh, but in my case, it was always temporary. And what I did was here's a perfect example of how this, of how this changes your perspective or zaps you of your perspective. Depression, at least with me, was a temporary uh, situation. It doesn't last a lifetime, but you lose that perspective. And so anytime I ever got depression, which was multiple times, it never came without thoughts of not being here. Never. Because being alive just didn't feel good. And But it never got to the point where it did in 2015, which was I actually planned it out. And then, for lack of a better word, executed it. Took a gun to my, right up underneath my chin, and uh, you know, from what what happened there, what should have been a death, actually turned into a rebirth. You know, it's it's an absolutely incredible story, one that I've talked about with you before and read about, but again, haven't read the book yet, and um, it is miraculous, Eric. I mean, when you 
when you come to after the whole thing, and I'm sure we'll read about it in the book and people will get a chance to, but when you come to, what are the first thoughts of the fact that not only did you survive, but other than some physical damage, your brain was pretty much intact. I mean, that's a sheer miracle. <laughs> it is. Uh, but when you mention when I woke up, I don't remember waking up. I don't remember. It's kind of like nowadays, I remember 100% of everything that happened. But back then, I don't remember waking up. I don't remember probably much for a good two to three year period. I mean, I lived and I existed. But if you were to ask me what happened on a certain date, I couldn't tell you. Um, and and as time went on, I, I began to remember more. But, you know, it, I wouldn't say I'm to where I am today, Brian, until around the year probably 20, mid-2019, 2020. It's incredible. And that's four or five years after the fact. But that's that's uh, in Brian, what I learned in all of this is there's one profession that is dedicated to um, researching the brain. And that is uh, profession is a, a neuropsychologist. And and Dr. Tomaszewski was mine. And he said on many occasions that. Uh, if somebody told me that, uh, Eric, um, pick, uh, the sky is blue a hundred times and, and I would have this washed over look. And then later I'd be pissed that you didn't tell me the sky was blue. <laughs> wow. So that was, you know, he's like, this is very normal. This is a this is for the two first two to three years. That's an early part of your the whole recovery takes much longer. And and so all I can say, Brian, is I am so thankful to be here and have that rebirth. Because the book is called The Ultimate Comeback, and it is, but it could also be called the ultimate second chance, because it is. And um, you know, I just there's so many good things going on right now um, that, uh, you know, I, I, nobody's, and it's not like I missed, like I, it was point blank. And so um, the doctors were incredible. Um, I, I had, I had one doctor. Uh, so my friend took me to see this doctor as a kind of a checkup. And this was the this was the operating surgeon surgeon that night. And I don't know how many months or weeks after it was. And I don't remember the doctor's office, but I remember sitting there and he was kind of off to my right. And I'm kind of talking straight ahead and I turn and. He's got this look like this, his jaws on the ground and I said, did I say something wrong? And he goes, oh, no. It's just that people like you, who were in your condition that night, aren't typically here talking to me later. And um, he wasn't the only doctor in that, that would say something like that along the way. And so, you know, I couldn't tell you how, how fortunate I do feel because not only so suicide is an instant end to that person. It's just the beginning for everybody else. And so I, my son, Dylan, who I've mentioned, think of the, this is what I think about, the devastation he would have encountered, did encounter actually, but the fact that I'm not gone permanently, um, uh, the devastation that would have done to him because he'd lost his brother just years before that. And now both sets of grandparents have passed away. And that was prior to me uh, trying to take my life as well. 
And so it's been a series of uh, not just with Dylan, but, you know, other people, family members, friends, that um, I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm still here. I can speak for a lot of people, Lions fans and people in general, Eric, we're all pretty happy that you're still here as well. And you've shared your story. Hey. It is, it's beyond cool that you've done this and, and exposed this. And uh, most people would say, number one, first of all, just surviving it is miraculous. But then the fact that you're sharing this to help other people that do suffer from chronic and clinical depression, it's gigantic. And uh, how much of a part, if you even know, does or did CTE play in this? Good question. I don't know. And none of us at this point in medical history, nobody's going to know um, because that's not something that you can really um, gauge. How many concussions so, have you had in your life? Do you know? Uh, like, I mean, between... like if you if you would have asked me prior to all the brain research that's done these days, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago how many concussions I've had, I would say one. Because in high school, when I was playing safety, I did get knocked out by hitting somebody else. Uh, knowing what I know now, uh, I would say in the multiple hundreds. Wow. Incredible. The brain trauma that is that is just undetected for so long in so many professional football players and and probably collegiate all the way down to high school. I know they continue to they continue to revise the protective headgear the best they can. They continue to revise the rules, but it is still a very violent collision impacted game. And that's that's what the NFL is. That's what football is. And uh, and you played it really well for many years. And again, we are talking to Eric Kramer. The ultimate comeback is the name of the book. Um, Eric. I want to talk a little bit about the Lions, but please give people, we're going to give you an opportunity to win one. Eric's going to personally autograph one and send it to a winner today, and we'll be giving that shortly away. I'm going to make you earn it, though, the people out there. You're not, we're not just giving it to you. That'll be before I let Eric let it off the hook and off the air. But, um, you know, I, wanted, I did want to get into talking about the Detroit Lions, but before we do that again, let people know how they can go about getting the book. So right on Amazon. It's called The Ultimate Comeback, and there's a picture of it right there. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the best way. Amazon go there, Eric, about this. Amazon kind of owns the world as we know. They do. And so, so you 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 can get pretty much anything on Amazon. (laughs) And again, you can get a copy right here on this book. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be discussing this again after I read the book, looking super forward to getting it. Eric, this Detroit Lions team, you got a chance to go down. You were in Detroit as well as I was. I saw you down on the field and, uh, you know, to, to experience what the Lions are going through now. Did it bring back memories being in Detroit and seeing the fan base that excited from what you guys did in the 91 season which was also quite magical yeah i mean uh you know i went back uh, obviously the playoff games are kind of a unique experience but um i went back there in the middle of the season to see the monday night game against the raiders and there might have been some raiders fans there but you wouldn't know it and and uh just that that the city itself and the organization is so starved for uh obviously they're beyond relevant now they're really good and so uh i i can see you know a when they win today which will launch them into the super bowl um i can see uh people selling their kids to get tickets to get out to san to uh, vegas so uh uh it's this this city is so fun and so behind the lions because i think they can see um this team isn't going to be good just for a year. I mean, they're here to stay. You know, and a lot of that obviously is the reflection and the culmination of having getting the right people in place. Brad Holmes now pulling the trigger as the general manager. Just a great job he's doing. He just got executive of the year and so deservedly. Uh, also, Dan Campbell, a guy, hey, like many others, and you heard Jared Goff say, oh, a lot of you guys out there, I was one of them that uh, has, has criticized and ridiculed, and maybe I'm just old and I need to conform to the new and modern NFL, and maybe fourth down is the new third down. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, but it has been a lot of fun to watch this team. It was a lot of fun yeah. to watch the 91 team. You had some magic on that team as they have magic now. And before we talk about this current team, 
What was it like playing with Barry Sanders? I mean, you know, anybody that saw this guy play and anyone that, that looks at his just his statistics and yardage and tries to say he's not the greatest back that ever played the games out of their mind and just in a little bit of denial. He was, I, I, I used to go to the Silverdome before I became a member of the Detroit Lions radio network. I would go just to watch this guy put on his uniform and play because you never knew when you were going to see something truly magical happen. That's what I'm saying. He made Hall of Famers look like they wouldn't have made a high school team trying to tackle him. And and I'm talking about unblocked guys. And so I remember uh, we would have walkthroughs in the Silverdome in the morning. And so um, he'd come out of, you know, we'd all be out there. So it'd be meetings, you know, walkthrough and then lunch. And um Barry, freezing cold, obviously, and uh, Barry and Mel Gray, who was a punt kick returner, Mel would play the, the lick team. On the, and so we'd be down like on our own, you know, five yard line-ish walking through stuff. And those two would make eye contact. And then it was like two cheetahs take off. <laughs> no warm up, no nothing. And um, yeah, it's just uh, obviously... He fell out of bed blessed. And uh, uh, it was just, he's such a humble, um, I, I, humble is not even the right word. I don't know what it is, but like there was nobody less impressed with what Barry did than Barry. Yeah, I'll say that too. But my friend, uh, I, I've known you for a long time. I remember in your playing days, a pretty damn humble guy yourself. Um, you know, that team in 91, you know, a lot of things happened. The Mike Utley tragedy. And, uh, you know, I tell people this year, like, you know, hey, don't continue to say, wait until next year. I'm wearing a shirt. How about, why not this year? Because, you know, you look right. at that 91 team that was so good. You lose Mike Utley. You lose Eric Andelsack to a tragic accident in the offseason. Yep. Jerry Ball blows out his knee against the Jets. Most people don't remember that, that he blew out his knee in the last regular season game, and you're without an right. all-pro nose tackle going into that postseason. So many things happened in the right way to make it happen and then went in a different way after the season, and that's the NFL, not for long. So Lions need to embrace this team in this situation right now. What made Wayne Font special? Because up in until this year, most people considered him, and you would have to, as the most successful Lions coach in the Super Bowl era. And now, of course, you've got Dan Campbell, two Super Bowl, or excuse me, two playoff wins, and looking for a third one today and a trip to the Super Bowl. But what made Wayne, Wayne Font special? Well, I'm not quite sure. I just, uh, you know, it was kind of a circus, quite honestly. Um, and I, I there's not really I can there's not really much I can say in way in Wayne's favor that he did that was so special honestly, and I think he he pretty much kind of stayed out of the way really and he not only him but uh, Dave Levy that year who was the offensive coordinator um, and I guess he recently passed away also but uh, you know. David, uh, especially, uh, would take input from, you know, I, I back then we didn't have stuff on computers you could take home. So I basically lived at uh, back then the Silverdome. And so um, I'd watch film, you know, like into the night and and in the morning I'd, I'd bring, you know, uh, Dave Levy, you know, what my favorite stuff was. Um, and it's like, okay, it's in. So, and then we work on it that week. And so it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, that team, the, the, the problem as I see it, not for 91 so much, but years that went by was that, uh, they let all those players go. And, and, um, that's what I see different about where you just mentioned, you know, Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell is I think that, you know, one of the things Dan Campbell was talking about earlier in the week was, okay, uh, we got to be able to focus on the game plan as though it's any other week, yet here are all these other distractions, whether it's family wanting, friends wanting tickets and media and all that. 
And having played in that game myself before, that is what it is. It's different than every other week. And so how can you stay focused on, you know, what you do every week? And I think that's probably, that's the genius of Dan Campbell uh, of, you know, knowing that and then staging that. Ingenuity. And uh, I'll say it flat out balls out of the genius to Dan Campbell. I'm actually wearing my socks. I say they're my Dan Campbell socks and they say balls on both socks. I mean, I wore them <laughs> to the game out there. Uh, Eric, we are out of time. He is Eric Kramer. The ultimate comeback is the name of the book. Call us right now. Eight seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty. If you want to win an autographed copy, and the question I'm going to answer as soon as you call is is simple. You just have to tell Chris what school did Eric Kramer attend? What what college did he attend? You call Chris with the right answer, and uh, we'll we'll give you an autographed copy of uh, the ultimate comeback by Eric Kramer. Eric, I cannot tell you how happy we are that you joined the show. Before I let you go, I want a prediction on today's game. I know it's going to be a homer prediction. Mine is too, but that's okay. What do you see happening yeah. today? 28-17. Lions, of course. Lions. And because, I mean, they are flawless in the fourth quarter. Aleem Hicks, McNeil, I'm sorry, Aleem McNeil is kind of the second coming of Jerry Ball who you mentioned earlier. And Aleem, of course, went to NC State, but he, like Jerry Ball, was a running back in high school. And I remember uh, when I was, you know, with the Bears, this is just a couple years ago, Jerry Fontenot, who was a center, uh, we're sitting around talking. I go, who's the best defensive lineman you ever played against? It took him 0.1 seconds to answer, Jerry Ball. And that's Aleem Hicks. When he's in the lineup, which he is now, he's a game wrecker. And so that that's, you know, I, I'm so excited, like you, because this team is built the right way. They've got a lot of um, people that have, that feel they have things to prove, which is exactly what you want. I agree 100% to me. This game is going to be dictated. The Lions need to stop the most intensive weapons in football in Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuels. They've got the third best run defense in the game, and they are going to have to somehow stop the run. Debo is playing today, guys. He is Eric Kramer, the ultimate comeback on Amazon. You can get it now. Eric, so blessed to have you join the show. We appreciate it. We appreciate you being here. And uh, hopefully, man, we'll see you in a couple weeks here in Vegas for the Lions in the Super Bowl. Dang right. All right. Appreciate everything, Brian. Absolutely. Go Lions. Go Lions. That's Eric Kramer. Let's bring in the scooper right now. We are uh, just about out of time. We have so appreciate Eric Kramer joining the show. One of my favorite Lions of all time. Most of us out there uh, feel the same way. If you're a Lions fan, man, you remember that guy. And uh, one of the most inspirational stories, maybe in NFL history, guys. Get the book, Ultimate Comeback. I'm going to be reading it, and we'll talk more about it in the future. Scooper, you got to go quick, man. You are leading pack number two games up right now uh going in two games up on mags one and a half up on me one more win and you got it what's what what do you got yeah i uh don't want to say this to you but uh i'm going san fran minus seven um this defensive line is healthy after not being at the end of the season i expect them to get pressure without being able to blitz debo is back on the field this offense is different with him and if this game, if San Fran can jump on them early, this game could get ugly. All right. And I got a double dip. I got a double dip we, for hey, you in the Sco other Scooper, game. We, we, Scooper, we don't have time, brother. I got to let you go. We are out of time. Uh, Scooper has taken the San Francisco 49ers. I'm going the other way. I got the second pick. I'm going Lions and taking the seven points. Mags, what do you got? You got a chance. Well, I'm going with the team I should have picked last week, and that's Kansas City. I think they're going to take care of business today. Kansas City plus the three and a half at Baltimore. And Spencer, I guess Spencer's going to have to go with Baltimore minus the three and a half. We're out of time. Thanks, Eric Kramer. Thanks, Chris Wynn. Thanks scooper thanks mags thanks uh spencer i'm brian feldman this side of the line we're back next week two weeks until super bowl sunday and i'll say it one more time go lions <laughs>